0: do 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 do
1: do do sing it mortal, combat. mortal
2: combat.
3: <laughs> this could just be the show just this this is the show Hi there, and welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with the head of development at Giant Space Cat, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri?
2: come <laughs> <laughs> <Mortal Kombat>! down!
0: <laughs> Yay.
2: I've I got to tell you guys, like, I'm just gonna, I'm gone for this whole... That's right. It has begun. Like, I'm just gone for the whole show. So. This is it. <laughs> um, this is the show. Yeah. If you're looking for the eloquence to come this week, it's not your week. So.
1: But there may be some fatalities, babalities, <laughs> and friendships. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. no, no friendship moves, friendship. only fatalities. No friendship.
3: friendship
0: moves and no babalities. I, you what? know, Ed Boone <laughs> keeps joking around about those coming back and not actually bringing them back. Oh, come on, that's Ed just Boon. Sad. Come
1: on. You got to bring them back. Anyway.
3: We also have assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie?
0: I'm doing awesome. I played Mortal Kombat today, and then I took a break to work out, and then I played more Mortal Kombat. Yeah oh. I think that the
2: my soundtrack day. like adds a lot to the show. I like this. <laughs> right. You're right. I'm just
3: gonna run for an hour and forty-five minutes.
2: <laughs> oh no. Every single
0: C sound that we make on the show today is actually a K. I just want everybody <laughs> to know that. Like, as you're listening to this, anytime we say a word with a, a C or a K or a CK in it, all just just a single K in there.
2: It's not just Georgia anymore. K. It's Korcha. <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> Georgia cow. Uh, Catty tires.
3: <laughs> so we also have a psychotherapist by day and senior, senior editor from iMore.com by night, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia. Oh my god, are you both playing it off your phones at the same time? No, 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 keep going, keep going, come on!
2: Come on, give me more, yeah! (laughs) <laughs> you know
3: a year ago i thought i said in a, in a message thread you know it might be good to get into podcasting again and i did not imagine i would be sitting here on a podcast with two of my co-hosts playing dueling mortal kombat soundtracks off their phones at each other just wait
1: steve just wait can i, can I say something that i'm sad about sure I, I did the keynote at ns north and no one yelled Dawabunga. i'm just gonna say what it the- I was come like, what's the
2: with this? NS no North is dead to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why even go see Georgia Dow do a talk? Right. We're going to start no
3: NS Northeast, and we're going to force everybody to scream Dowabunga at you when you go. come on stage. That's it.
1: That's what I wanted. <laughs> uh,
3: That's it. Oh, my, That's my God. Oh, say. so we have we have big news. <laughs> do
1: we have big news? <laughs> we have
3: big news other than Mortal Kombat soundtracks. The big news is
1: that
2: isometric is now spelled with a K. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
2: I like that idea. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was just thinking about that. We should buy that domain.
3: Oh, my God. Okay. Go, go to it. Go Provide to it, Talk
2: to Mike right now. Change the logo. Change the domain.
0: But I just, I just want to say that isometric spell with a K, it looks really cool. It looks a lot cooler than I thought it would look. And I think maybe it should be the episode title and or the title of our show. Consider <laughs> it. I don't know. Just floating it out there. Anyway, Steve, back so to you. Georgia
2: with a K. Like, type it out right now. It, it kind of looks like Kill and Orcha at the same time. Like, it's <laughs> it's good. You should think about that, Georgia. And Steve, <sighs> I have to say, out of all the Mortal Kombat characters, you look like Striker. Like, I think you can pull that cosplay off. You should. Wait, I got to see that. I got to see what oh, Striker looks yeah, just like. Just type Wait it in. Second. Type it in. I
3: don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means.
1: Okay, wait. Uh, um, okay we've really deflated the, the cool time. thing yeah, we were yeah, right, going to yeah. announce. Oh, now I'm, I'm
3: looking sorry. up Wikipedia. I, you... uh, let's
0: take a break and decide like which Mortal Kombat 10 characters yeah. we should no, each no, no, cosplay.
1: Three, wait, wait. you are yes. totally right. I am, right? I'm telling you. We need That's... to get Steve the full outfit, but then he wears a panda hat.
3: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: This is the, already
2: the worst show we've ever done. I, I
3: don't even know how to begin with We're this. We're going
2: for the stars.
3: I'm hoping that this picture on Wikipedia is not representative because, no, yeah, it, no. No,
2: it's totally, this is you, Steve. I'm going to drop it over in the iMessage. Like, this is my mental image of me. <laughs> so I'm just going to drop this right here. Yeah,
3: with the badge around my neck. Yeah, that, <laughs> uh, I guess that's my main now. I guess that that's what's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Anyway, totally. so so we have we have big news that's not Mortal Kombat related and other than us apparently changing the name of the show <laughs> now that we've now that we signed on to Relay, we may as well change the name of the show, why not? Um, <laughs> so we have been talking about doing a t-shirt forever and we finally have a t-shirt. Woo! So we we have a sh- if you go to shirt.isometricshow.com, you Shirts. can buy this awesome charcoal shirt that says I are isometric logo games it looks like a heart. And with the, with the logo on the back, and you should go buy that and wear that everywhere. Just don't take it off. I mean, take it off and wash it, obviously, sometime. But there you we should go. go and... I am
1: buying one now.
2: I already bought two.
1: Did you already I buy was two? wondering
3: who, who those two were before we'd even said anything about it, but...
1: What? Why were
0: you wondering? The only people who know about the <laughs> shirt are three people that you know, Steve. There's no big mystery here, but now it could be anybody. Anybody could be buying these shirts.
3: And it's and it's isometric show with a C not with a K.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I guess we can keep the C, but for this Why? episode only it's spelled with a K in honor of Mortal Kombat.
2: Maddie, do you think like like okay? So Steve is clearly Stryker. I think like you're you're Sonia, like you're you're Maddie Blade from now on. Yeah, like yeah, You should yeah, change yeah. your last name to Blade. In real I life. would
0: I I would like to cosplay Sonia. As much as I have mixed feelings about Sonia uh, over the years, I really like her costume this time around, and um, I actually really like all the costumes this time around listen we're talking about this topic and it's later on the topics list and we're uh, already talking about it now uh, no but let's talk about it now we're here yeah so like, here. just
3: as long as as long as you save that costume so you can pass it down to my daughter when she inevitably wants to cosplay as sonia blade which you've told me is going to happen
0: i you know what now i feel like <laughs> that's not a bad thing because i i have complained about mortal Kombat 9 a lot on this show because i really really disliked the costumes in mortal Kombat 9 and i put up uh article at Pace this week about like the evolution of the Mortal Kombat games and I talked about that in there and um they have completely redesigned all of the women's costumes and the men's costumes to some extent but mostly the ladies in Mortal Kombat 10 look so freaking cool. Yep. And it's such a relief to me to play the game now because it's
1: actually the men are more naked than the women.
0: Well, that's as it should be. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but oh, I, I no 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 no. I'm oh, kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I I mean, like Melina is still wearing like a, you know her Milena sports bra is thing. Gorgeous, yeah. but that's like in character for her, and I feel like it's in character for Sonia and Cassie to be wearing this more tactical gear, and like Jackie looks really cool. Like I've like. I really like every single costume across the board. And that almost never happens (laughs) in a fighting game. Like, I'm never raving about the costumes in a fighting game. They're usually juvenile and pornographic because, like, that's what's expected. And I think that this is... Really, really cool that they actually designed something and I don't know the artists that they hired, but like props to whoever those people are.
2: Maddie, I have to like I have to so strongly agree with what you're saying. And what really bothered me about the designs for Mortal Kombat Nine was like all the women universally looked like they had Really, like, their breasts are so large and, like, they look like cantaloupes, like, glued to their chest in just, like, a really unappealing way. And, you know, it's like, it's not that I'm opposed to the idea of, like, cleavage. It's that if it looks pretty versus, you know, kind of trashy, you know. And Melina in this version looks very... She she feels like a character and less like an object. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I do, and I, I think it's the difference between having a character who is sexy versus sexualized. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, she's a woman who, like, is sexy and that's part of her character, but she is completely in control because she's, like, this succubus character who, like, has really really sharp teeth and like eats men's faces so like that's part of her character so like that i feel like they navigated that in a really clever way by giving her a costume that was really sexy but also completely practical and that is hard to do and like all the other characters besides melina i would say aren't wearing sexy costumes like in my opinion i I feel like they're 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 sexy
1: but they're not
0: they're they're more utilitarian, I think. Yeah, yeah, like they're they're just wearing like normal stuff. <laughs> like I, I, and this sounds so silly that I'm saying it this many no. times, but people need to look up what Mortal Kombat Nine looked like if you yeah. don't yeah. understand how huge of a difference this is. Yeah, and it's only been a few years like that came came out in 2011 and like i was reviewing it for the phoenix and i was really upset by it at the, t- at the time and i remember facing like a lot of pushback from my male friends who were like what are you complaining about and like it is incredible to me to see the change in how people are talking about this game and the characters in it just in that short time that's really cool to me to i see couldn't that.
2: agree more i couldn't agree more i think devora is a, a really good breakout character too yeah, and
1: she looks sick.
2: But she's, she's well characterized. And, you know, her she her outfit is form-fitting, but it's not it's not trying to sexualize her. And I just, I, I think it's a complete turnaround. I mean, on top of being a great game. So, anyway. Well,
3: we've yeah. already talked about it for five minutes, so we may as well talk about this now because it was the first thing on the list anyway. Okay. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, no, I mean, because I was, Maddie was pleading with me not to get this game. Well, I haven't played it yet because yes. I'm still waiting for Gamefly to give it to me and they haven't given it to me yet. But um, I'm going
0: to walk some of that back. OK, because... I want to I, I'm
3: be, like what I've read over the past couple days with the exception of the easy fatalities thing, mm-hmm. which I guess we can talk about yeah. everything that I've been reading and everything you guys have been saying has been positive. And I am really curious if this is a game that I could potentially enjoy. So uh... I, I want. Well, it's well, still <laughs> super violent. The
0: thing about it, like,
3: I don't have a problem with violence except for well, the fact that it just curbs when I am able to play it.
0: No, I know, I know. See, the thing about Mortal Kombat is that it's violent in a way that is intended to be funny, I would say. Like, it is so violent... Like you are literally seeing people's hearts get ripped out and you see the beating heart or like their tongue gets cut out and you see the tongue wiggling on the ground. Like that's how violent it is, but it's played for laughs. And if that's not something that you're willing to get on board with by like that excitement of screaming, ew, at stuff. Like Zach and I were doing that like all night when we were first downloading the game, just like screaming, ew, at the screen and like laughing a lot. Like if that isn't a sentiment that you think you can get on board with, with this game, then you're not going to like it. And I definitely know people who just don't like blood spurting in games. They just don't think it's funny. They think it's, like, unpleasant. And for those people, I'm never going to recommend it. But all that said, I personally am just so relieved that the game is... Only about that, as opposed to the sexual elements that were in Mortal Kombat 9. Like, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 9 had all that funny violence stuff, but that paired with the sexuality of the female characters was gross to me in a way that was disturbing. And now that the characters are not also sexualized, I can just legitimately be like, the violence is funny again. Do you know what I mean? Because. Yeah if if it's sexualized in some way, then I'm like, am I supposed to be turned on by these women getting beat up? And that makes me uncomfortable because right. it's gross to me. <laughs> but like now I can just enjoy how ridiculous this game is in a way that feels funny to me. And it's very adult though, still, there's a lot of blood in it.
2: I, I, I feel like I have a different opinion than you. Um, you know, I I don't have a problem with the violence in this game. It's something like I've signed up for. For me, it goes past the point of being funny or comical. Um and it it just it's weird to me to like poke someone's eyes out and see blood spurting and then they can see an act for the entire match. They recover yeah. immediately. Um, <laughs> I think I think more of my criticisms would be uh more gameplay re- related because if you're going to play Mortal Kombat, you kind of know what you're into. Um so, if you're fighting through the story mode and stuff, this game does some things that I think are really annoying. And this is one of the best story modes I've ever seen in a fighting game, by the way. But um, Mortal Kombat is very famous for having cheap AI. So, what will happen is you'll play a few rounds and you'll get beat. And then, um, like, the difficulty will ramp up so hard where you're just going to die. And then um, it's like a difficulty spike, and then you'll continue, and the difficulty will plummet, and you'll be able to beat the character to mm. go on. And amazingly, it's still here. It's not as bad as it's been before, but it's still here. Um, also, I think some of the microtransaction choices—you um, know, not the easy fatalities—but they deliberately nerfed your ability to collect, um, you know, coins uh, to like unlock things, and they deliberately lessen that right as they rolled out the patch that lets you. Just pay money to unlock everything um Mm -hmm. so i think that hurts it i i think my biggest problem while i will never be as into mortal kombat as street fighter or smash is smash and street fighter are games where the controls feel perfect and jumping around feels very fluid i would describe mortal kombat as having cheaper input movement like do you know what i'm talking about mandy like everything about the experience just feels a little more low rent do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like the combos just feel like entering these buttons very quickly there's there's less elegance to it yeah yeah and um, I I think it's a less sophisticated game than Street Fighter, but it's certainly fun and it's worth your money. Um, I just think um, I think if you're going to invest in one game to get really get good at, I think Persona 4 uh, Arena is better. I think Smash is better, and I think Street Fighter is better. So
3: so for somebody whose level of skill at fighting games is probably that. Just above like a random chimpanzee if you hand <laughs> them the controller. That is
0: not true. No, that's not true.
3: <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation I played you in Smash. I, no, but but yeah. but but in all seriousness, like the extent of my fighting game of my fighting game skill is is really a lot of butting mashing. It is. So, I think
0: that that actually will help you in something okay. like more combat because yeah. I think that you. The violence of the game aside, which I don't necessarily think you will enjoy, but the gameplay side of it, I think, is designed for a player like you because there are a lot of moves that are designed for hitting the same button over and over, which to me is very strange because other games don't ever reward you for doing that. Like, normally, if you hit square, 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 like nothing exciting really happens unless you're playing like Kingdom Hearts. But in this game, (laughs) That is rewarded, and like some, they'll they'll keep hitting in a rhythmic way. I would compare it. I would compare it to Kingdom Hearts because I just did, but I would also compare it to like the fighting in the Batman games. If you liked the okay. feeling, or Shadow of, of that. Mordor, then I guess. Yeah, maybe uh, that sort of like rhythmic, like you know how Batman yeah. would like pull back in sort of not slow motion per se, but like that rhythm. I, f- I felt some of that in this version of Mortal Kombat. Not necessarily Mortal Kombat 9, but this version has a rhythm to it, a sort of dance like rhythm. That doesn't necessarily mean that I think it's as elegant as Smash. I, I don't. Like, I don't know that I'm going to get as much replayability out of this as I did with Smash. Like, with Smash, I was inviting people over and, like, really enjoying that part of it. But with this, I'm not really sure I'm going to do that just because it's not that interesting. But, um,. I still think you might enjoy it, Steve, from the perspective of somebody who doesn't want to learn a bunch of really complicated combos. In spite of that, though, like, Bree, would you agree that the tutorial screens for this are absurd? Like, they offer you, they really overwhelm you with a lot of information that you don't need.
2: I didn't find it to be that terrible because it's the exact same terrible.
0: Well, if you actually play the game, it's not hard. But, like, they make it seem like it's going to be a lot less accessible than I think it actually is.
2: That particular tutorial where press up to jump, press down to down. Yeah, it's it's something I don't want. Go ahead. Yeah.
3: You know, those tutorials really bug me as somebody who does have trouble with those things. Because at some point, I've really tried in the past to get good at fighting games. Like I've given it, it like a legitimate try and I've gone through some of those like street fighter four. I think I rented it when it came out and they had like this mode where you, it would kind of teach you how to do things or or something. And you get to a point where there's just a combo that you can't execute and you can't get any further. Mm-hmm. And then you're pretty much stuck. And, and that's why I've always given up at this thing. Cause there's just something about like, I, I mean, I'm joking when I say I'm just slightly better than chimpanzee, but I've really always been bad at, at entering a combo and it's like at, at a certain point it, it, with any fighting game if you can't do that you're gonna hit a wall and then you're not gonna have fun with it anymore
0: that's true but i think that mortal Kombat is a little friendlier to people yeah. who are at that middle level where you can still do a lot of stuff that feels cool and looks cool when actually all you're doing is hitting the buttons really fast As opposed to memorizing specific combos. And I think it's always been that way and that the tactics of Mortal Kombat are more similar to what I always describe as the tactics in Smash. Where it's more about watching your opponent and predicting what they're going to do and moving around. As opposed to something like Street Fighter where you really need to have specific combos memorized and mastered. So that you can get them off your back at specific times. This You don't necessarily have to do that.
2: I, I think it would be very accessible. Um, could we talk about some of the other you know, like aspects of Mortal Kombat that I think are really interesting? Like, I found the, um, like, from a technical perspective, I find it really interesting that, you know, most um, video game characters, when you see them in a game, they are just completely hollow on the inside. Like, it's it's literally like a piece of paper, and then you're seeing the the texture of it. Like, you don't even do the normals on the other side of it. Um so I find from a technical perspective, what's really interesting about this game is they've put a skeleton in each of the characters and they've kind of tweaked their their fatalities and animations per character because like the the bone structure and locations of everything is like different for each one. So that was a, a non-trivial amount of work as well as like texturing the inside of them. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I I think that's really cool and interesting. Um, I think the fatalities are very uneven this time. Like, there's a certain gore shock fatality that is kind of just the average. Yeah, Jackie. Jackie, She's... I find her her fatalities kind of go for this shock gore thing and that's like about what half the characters do. It's like let's just show you this gore and it's shocking. Some of the more interesting ones like Cassie's selfie like this is very interesting that she does something very violent and breaks someone's jaw off and then takes a picture and then zooms out and you're seeing like people comment on the selfie on social media. Like that's, that's very clever but I found them kind of uneven overall. Like Maddie how did you feel about that? Yeah
0: I mean I would agree Agree, like I, from like a larger perspective of it, the fatalities are honestly something that has never made a lot of sense to me <laughs> about Mortal Kombat. Like, I get that they are an intrinsic part of the game, but I, it's almost like a taunt because it's a situation where you've already won the game and now you just get to perform this cool trick, right? Right. So, just uh, that—that's fine, but it—it's never been something that's super important to me as a player to get to do that. So. I guess that segues into part of the anger that I saw a lot of people having this week about these. Um, you can pay to buy easier ways to perform fatalities because ordinarily for a fatality you have to perform a lot of button presses and um, you have to remember for each character how far away you need to stand and like what to do for your fatality depending on who you are. And And if you aren't super good at the game then maybe you just want to be able to do the quick version of the fatality. There is a lot of controversy over the idea of being able to buy the ability to do the quick version. And uh, to me, that was really silly. So I was kind of hoping that you guys could explain to me why everybody was
1: mad about that. But isn't that like really the reason that people play Mortal Kombat is really yeah. for the fatalities? It's not, mm-hmm. it's, not as, it's not as a technical fighting game. It is more for, you know, beating someone else up and then getting to, you know, have this really epic, shocking or difficult technique that you get to do to them at the end. And that's kind of the payoff of playing Mortal Kombat in comparison to other fighting games that are a little bit more technical. And the the actual play is what the payoff is in the game. So I think that for many people, getting to not have this technical skill and get... like I. I'm I'm in the middle of the ground with feeling upset or not that you get like the way that it goes is you, you pay ninety nine cents and you can get say five fatalities and they're like two buttons that you press and you will be able to perform a fatality that is usually a complex set of movements at a certain distance with a certain character. Or you can get, say, thirty easy fatalities for four ninety nine and then that gives you the chance to use thirty. But after you've used them up, you have to rebuy them again. So it's also an ongoing, you know, DLC that you, you don't actually get this forever. You get it for a certain amount of time. But I think that for people, they're upset because this is something that usually you'd have to earn. You'd have to earn your way to be able to perform this really cool move. And so it kind of feels like cheating for people to be able to perform this just because they have more money versus but someone else But it's not
0: cheating to win because if you're performing a fatality, you've already won the match. It's cheating to look cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, do. There's definitely a difference there. And so it's not – I think that people who don't play a lot of Mortal Kombat might not have understood that it's not like people are buying the ability to perform a difficult I move that happens in the middle of the match. You
1: see, I don't it's think something so because I know that and it still was a little bit of a, eh, eh. It's not as cool to me if you just buy it and you pay, take the easy – It's it's like people that end up getting into school just because their parents have a lot of money. It gives a little bit of a, you get it, that's the way that the world works, but – yeah, I don't respect that as much. You know, I think that for people that don't have a lot of time to practice, I understand it. But then what's the point?
3: I, I mean, I was upset for a different reason as somebody who has never been able to successfully execute a fatality ever. And Aww. I have played some Mortal Kombat. Aww. I've literally never been able to Aww, execute a fatality. But
2: there are some that are very Aww. easy. Like I, the I, uh, that's like how the- bad I am.
3: <laughs> No, I'm serious. I don't have that kind of... Oh, no. I don't have that kind of... Steve. The the ability to, to figure it out. I have nev- never been able to do it.
2: There are some that are very easy, like Molina's in Mortal Kombat 2 is to hold high punch and just get right up on the the character and release it. I mean, they're... I don't know. There, there are some that you can do very easily. I would say for this particular Mortal Kombat, I think that they've made this one a lot simpler than um, other games I've played. Uh, the the distances are not as um, there. There's a lot more leeway than there used to be. Like being close, um, there's a lot of it, and it's like forward back, forward back, triangle. So I don't know. Um, I I the way I feel is like. Games are more expensive to make than they've ever been. I think there's a lot of pressure on the the publishers to like um, you know, get money for this game to compensate for it. And players are buying this. So I, I think as far as um, IAP that can be done in a way that doesn't hurt the underlying game, I don't particularly have a problem with this one. Um, that said, I think overall the implementation of DLC in this game was a shame. Um, I think things like paying $20 to unlock the entire crypt while like nerfing your ability to unlock the crypt is terrible. I think that um, you know, some of the, the DLC of side characters, like paying $5 for Goro, like that's a character should absolutely be in the game. That's like Nunkang Ryu with um, Street Fighter. And I, I, Destructoid said that they felt that the DLC scheme was a disservice to this game, and I completely agree with that.
3: I mean, just to go, just to finish my point, like the, the reason that I was upset with it, cause I saw this and I was like, oh, I can buy for five characters or I can buy for 30 characters and, you know, buy it and then be able to do that. Because a lot of the draw for a game like this is being able to do a fatality. And it's, it takes a level of skill to be able to do that. And even for the easy ones, but they're also characters that I would never be able to see their, you know, execute their fatality because they are complicated And I was actually kind of excited about it. And then it was a letdown when I saw that I would have to pay that for every single one. I mean, granted, if I did pay the $5, that would probably be enough for me to get my money's worth out of it and I wouldn't need to do it anymore. But it seems like what you would want to do is you want to make it more accessible and and make it more interesting for for beginner players to get into this. And, and I mean, I'm looking at it compared to, like, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 where they have easy mode and you can trigger the super moves with, with one button or two buttons. And, you know, because that's ultimately what you want to do. You're, I mean, there are some people like, like you and Maddie who will, you know, who are looking to get into deep into a fighting system. And there are some people like me who are just looking to make cool things happen on the screen. And so I was kind of, you know, excited by the idea that I'd finally be able to do a fatality. I still could. I mean, they, they, Or they give you some through the crypt, I've heard, and, you know, $5, again, for 30 would probably be enough for me to feel like I've gotten my – like I'd done it. But it just seems like – it seems like the wrong way. Like you would almost want to get people sucked in and then get them buying more rather than it being a tax on somebody who's not as good. You know, that's why it kind of struck me the wrong way.
0: This Mm. baffles me. I know you guys just explained it to me, but I don't think I'm ever going to understand it. I'm sorry we'll have to agree to disagree.
2: I just I don't know how you can like win a match if you can't go like I'm reading one right now. It's like down down back forward forward. And I I I you know, like I think I have a very long track record on the show of not like you know, being condescending to people with less skill, but I think like if that's a level of input press that you're going to have trouble with. Like, I agree with Maddie. Like, it's going to be difficult to win the match in the first yeah. place. This is yeah. why I don't play
3: fighting games. I'm right. serious. This is why right. I don't play fighting games, because I, I have trouble with that. Seriously.
2: I
0: know that you're good at Smash, and so actually... Because
3: Smash doesn't require, like, double presses like that. I
0: don't think that's what it is. I think it's actually that fighting games are intimidating for people, and that's something that makes me really sad, because I... I don't know. I don't think they're actually as hard as you think. Like at least this one isn't. I I I would be completely on your side if you were telling me that you didn't like how you couldn't perform Street Fighter ultras because some of those ultras are really hard to execute. I think. Yeah. No. And take a lot of take a lot of practice to do two quarter circles or to do guiles like weird angled one. Like that's you have to practice a lot before you like can consistently do that ultra. But Mortal Kombat, I'm so much more likely to compare it to Smash in terms of the actual inputs you're doing. Like, yeah, you are going to have to press a button more than once, and in Smash you don't necessarily have to do that, but I just... Even though it looks like an, a quote-unquote adult game and it has all the trappings of an adult game visually, I think that combat-wise, it's just not as hard as it seems like it should be. And it, it's, it's more accessible than you think it is. So whenever it does arrive in the mail, I, I think you should just give yourself a little more
3: credit because I think you yeah.
0: actually can do it. I really do.
3: The other thing with a fatality is that it's a very stressful situation because you have a very short amount of time to realize that you're in the situation. Enter, (laughs) remember the button combination, even if it's simple. Based the character, yeah, yeah, based on the character, and and that can be really even for a simple uh, a simple fatality that can be really stressful and really difficult to pull off, and then do it correctly. You
1: may be an actual shock that you won still,
3: yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's good,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I won! Oh no, wait! Like you know, have to run over <laughs> to the character and be like.
0: Well, Steve, if you're playing against the AI, you can press the options button and it'll pause and you can look up what That's your true. That's fatality true. is in the there screen, on the options screen. There go. A special. Or even
2: if you're playing uh, someone else, because I kept looking it up against Frank. So Yeah,
0: yeah. If you're playing yeah. against somebody else and they're not being a jerk, which like if you're playing me, I'm not going to be a jerk about it, Steve. Like Zach and I were looking up our fatalities and pausing all the time because we're still learning how to do it. So yeah. it's
3: fine. Well, I will report back next week. If I was able (laughs) to successfully execute a fatality for the first time. I want to see
1: a picture after of someone's, you know, eyeballs pulled out.
3: Well, I can do the PS4 share thing, I guess. And then
1: play it
0: as Cassie and then take a selfie of her taking a selfie.
3: That's the best
2: one. (laughs) Maddie, do you think that was the best one?
0: I think that one's really, really good. (laughs) And also Ashley Birch is voice acting Cassie Cage. And that makes it extra. Oh, I didn't know that. I think that's true. Let me oh double my check God. that.
2: There's nothing as good as like <laughs> smoke blowing up the entire earth. Like, <laughs> this is the best one of all time. Like Mortal Kombat, there was this like smoke was a secret character that unlocked. You do this fatality and bombs would shoot out of his chest, and then the camera just zooms out and the entire earth blows up. <laughs>
1: so it's a fatality to all of us. Right. All <laughs> of us get fatality. Though.
0: Also, yeah, I'm right. That is Ashley Birch's voice. Oh, wow. Well. Yay, yeah.
1: Ashley Birch. My- Michael Howard on the chat room says that there should be pandalities.
3: Pandalities.
2: <laughs> I am down I with do. that. I am down with
1: that. When
3: we, get, when we finally get Georgia into Mortal Kombat, then she can have a pandality.
1: Aw. That would be sweet. Or any
3: of you, really. I think all of you should be in Mortal Kombat and all get pandalities.
1: We should all do that. Okay. Um, there's also something else that's really cool, and that is that one of Mortal Kombat's new characters is also gay
2: oh yeah 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 was was he one of the main characters like is he unlocked yet maddie because i saw that story i didn't remember seeing him yeah i haven't gotten there yet i guess
3: his name is kung jin and it comes out during a flashback scene where raiden's talking to him and says raiden says to him self-loathing has always been an unfortunate part of your makeup and later on kung jin says i can't they won't accept and raiden replies they care about only what's in your heart not whom your heart desires so and they've confirmed that 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 is, that he is, uh, he is a gay character. So that's pretty awesome.
2: But why didn't they make him part of the main cast? I mean, that's what was very, I like, that's why it's like, great, but make them a playable
3: character. Oh, is he not playable?
0: I, maybe you unlock him after you get that far. We don't know enough, but I, yeah, he's definitely not in the opening roster before you play the campaign. Right. Right. Because I don't have him yet.
2: You know, Mortal Kombat has a a long tradition of like leaving characters that you unlock after the fact. Uh, Like Smoke is a good example. Mm -hmm. So. But it's also, I, I think it's more likely it's going to be DLC, you know, given their kind of crappy <laughs> approach that. And, like, this is kind of pulling back to, you know, the meta issues of fighting games. But, you know, something Tekken has said from the very beginning is they don't feel that extra characters should be DLC because it screws up your ability to compete and play the game. Mm-hmm. And I actually very strongly agree with that. I, I think it's a, a terrible trend. So, um, I, agree I actually I, I don't give Mortal Kombat props for having a gay character if it's if it's not playable it's like come on and like this goes to the story mode also where it's like there are no women to play in a story mode or at least as far as i've gotten so far it's like like the story will be revolving around a woman like cassie cage and you go into it and then boom you're playing as the dude and i it's 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 one thing to say i believe in diversity but it's it's just like if you're not going to let the like care about those characters enough to give them the main stage, I don't think you get credit. Like, does that make sense?
1: I, I don't know. I, I think that that might be a little bit too harsh. Like, my thought on it is is that as long as it's a step in the right direction, I'm happy and I think that we should encourage that. I'm not saying that that's where everything should end and that there's not things to still do, but I liked the fact that they treated it in a respectful way. I liked the fact that, you know, when he said that, that people don't care, they care about who you are. And, and not, you know, who you care about. I liked that. I liked the motif of that. And so I appreciated that they put that. And I think that it will go a good deal of a way for people that are gay and that are, you know, have not come out yet. And that feeling of being accepted. And it might be a small caveat, but it's a larger caveat than most games give. And they thought about that. And they did it in a respectful way. And he's a cool-looking character. And it wasn't something that was, you know, made into a joke. It wasn't something that was made into uh, something that people were going to, um, you know, ostracize him for. And so I, I liked it and I think that we need to kind of promote this and say that we appreciate that so that more games will say okay let's do it and take it one step further i think that whenever people start to do something that is trend setting you often just stick your toes in the water to make sure to see how everything is going to happen and if people are going to accept it and so yeah i i think that it's better than what we've seen before
2: i i think it's better i also think that you know i i think a lot of us on this podcast are straight. And I think it's easy to say versus, you know, someone that might be gay or, you know, transgender or any of those issues. I think it's a different situation if you're in that situation of oppression all day long. So I, it's certainly a step in the right direction. I think that, I think like their work on the costumes is good. I just think that if they really believed it, they would have you know, made this character available. And I,
3: I think that's disappointing. I think partial credit is my message here. Well, <laughs> according to MortalCombat.Wikia.com, he is a playable character in Mortal Kombat X.
0: Okay. Maybe we all have to beat the campaign.
3: But, I mean, that that does kind of lead us into the next thing that we were going to talk about, which was this interview with Ken Levine that came out uh, <laughs> this week, which where he was talking about uh, writing authentic diversity in video games, and and it started out with the reviewer talking about his you know his growing up Jewish, um, and and you know what what his experiences were growing up Jewish, and he was around Passover and Easter. He was making a joke on Twitter that you know let's list all the playable characters. Maybe Claptrap from um, from Borderlands is one of them. And Ken Levine responds back to him and says half the cast of BioShock is Jewish, which uh, I mean again I'm Jewish so. I my ears perked up when I saw this. He goes through uh and and talks about the backgrounds of Andrew Ryan who apparently was a bourgeois Jew who was chased out of Russia and and that was one of the things that led to him starting Rapture and uh Tenenbaum was was in a concentration camp and she was working with she was uh, experimented on with Dr. Mengele, but then she was uh she was kind of helping him if you are going to do it, do it the right way, and then ended up. That's why she ended up experimenting on the little sisters, and goes through a couple of other characters. And he was he was saying in the in the interview, which I can understand that it's you know it's not about just picking a background and making them belong to that background. It's it's deciding how that would fit into the story and 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 understanding how that fills the character, which it, you know is is a reasonable thing to say it did kind of strike me the wrong way for a number of reasons um i don't know if you want
1: yeah why yeah, yeah. go go yeah. on
3: first of all it's the same thing that that brie was just talking about none of this is in the game i mean it's sander cohen is the only one who you could kind of assume was jewish based on the name and even then like i've gotten to know that that's not an assumption that you make because a lot of cohen is cohen is an exa- is an exception a lot of jewish sounding names are often also german sounding names or just German names, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything. So I have never, I probably, it probably occurred to me with Sandra Cohen, because that would jump out at me. But um, any of the other characters, it never really occurred to me. And there's not really anything in, like, any of the audio diaries that that hints at that very strongly. I mean, obviously, this is, like, seven years, what is it, 2007 Bioshock came out? This is, like, seven, eight years later, and this is a surprise. So obviously it wasn't really strongly worded in the game. Um, there, were, I'll also note, I don't want to talk about it because he's apologized for it. There was a comment that he made about autism that he clarified that, um, once he clarified it, it's, uh, he, he stated that, that Tenenbaum was an autistic savant who lacked empathy. And then he clarified that those were two separate sentences.
1: Right. It wasn't that because they have autism.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'll take him at his word. I mean, it, it is a stereotype that a lot of, of that people on the spectrum also lack empathy. So it's not, it's still not fantastic, but I'll take him at his word that he wasn't, you know. Assuming that those things went together. Um but the the thing of it is that if, if it was just one of these characters, it would be okay. Like I would I I understand Andrew Ryan because he's basically trying to get Ayn Rand into his game.
0: Right, yeah. And Ann Rand is
3: it was Jewish. Well, yeah. She was a bourgeois Jew who, you know, got who got chased out. So he was basically taking her backstory and just making her a dude. And you know, that's fine.
0: Yeah. And that that was something that I think he stated at the time that the character is based on Ayn Rand and like that was sort of commonly known. So one could have extrapolated, I guess.
3: Yeah, you can, you can make that. And I can see that. It, it, the problem is that this is a game that has probably the largest Jewish cast of any video game in history at this point, based on what he's saying. And the fact that every single one of those characters ends up because of the experience of their being Jewish, whether it's because of, um, it, because of being put into the Holocaust or being chased out of their out of their country, in the case of Ryan and Tenenbaum, or because of, uh, what he says with Dr. Steinman is that his family was very against him getting into the kinds of body modifications because there is a law, a rule in Judaism that you don't, um, uh, you don't tattoo or modify your body because it's supposed to be the way that God made it when you go into the next world. So then he re- he rebelled against that and ended up in rapture and then doing horrible things to people. I think that the reason that it really – and I'm not angry about it, but it just kind of really struck me as kind of yucky is that every single one of those characters ends up because of the experience of being Jew- of Jewish l- led to becoming a horrible person.
1: I hear you. I hear you. I can hear that actually, That that feeling of that, you know, it was – in the games they seem to give that as the cause for something which is it it does bring a really bad um, mythos yeah to the game and and i think that people don't understand that that can like feed into an already you know bad cultural thought of what things might be and it might be even unconscious yeah and and because it is unconscious i can see how that like, yeah, it really can affect the way that people will look at Judaism. And and or, and if you're Jewish yourself, how you look at the way that you're being perceived or, you know, again, how, how the world is dealing right. with it.
3: This is kind of weighing on my mind because – and I haven't talked about this at all. So a few weeks ago they had that plane, the guy who crashed the plane, right? And, and so mm-hmm. he's got the last the, – the same last name as me. So, uh, you know, that's – no relation by the way, just to, <laughs> just to clear that up. Right. But yeah. – Um, so I was kind of weirded out that whole day because, you know, it's kind of weird hearing your name in the news all the time when my name is not a particularly common name. And, but, you know, that was kind of whatever it's, you know, he's no relation. It doesn't matter. Except that a couple of days later, I was doing a vanity search on myself and I came across this post that was from some white supremacist site that was trying to paint this as part of a... Jewish conspiracy to get retribution for the Holocaust. Wow. And went to the point of trying to prove that this guy was Jewish by going through Twitter and finding pictures of other people with the same last name and pointing out their Jewish features. And mine was one of them.
1: (gasps) Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Uh, That's horrible.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is that people think that anti-Semitism died with the Holocaust and it didn't. Right. No, of course not. And so that kind of really – I mean that's one of the reasons – I mean Kiva did a wonderful drawing of me and I was going to change my avatar to it anyway. But that kind of pushed me to do it that day right. as soon as that happened.
1: Right.
3: Um, but there's already a perception among people that Jews are awful people who want to do awful things. So what, coming back to this, right, like when this is a disproportionate number of Jews in a video game and a disproportionate number of, of Jews in video games – period. Mm -hmm. It really kind of made me feel gross that that was an example of of writing authentic diversity. Because I mean, not that every, and I'm not saying that every Jew is a good person, because that's not true. But when you have like five different people in the game that he lists off and Judaism has different ways of contributing to how they become awful people, one after the other, it sends a message. And that message isn't really a good one. And it reinforces what there are some people who already think. Right. So mm. that's the reason that I really kind of read this, and I was, I, I was like, I wasn't angry, but I was really grossed out, and I was really disturbed by it because this is not like, like, I mean, this is kind of reinforcing what people think. I mean, Bree, you tweeted something out from Xenoblade today mm-hmm. about uh, how you know the men are, get to do things, and the woman is is defined by having a crush on one of the characters. Correct. And and this feels like the same thing to me that the yeah. Jews in the game are defined because of their experience of being Jewish is turning into potential for to do horrible things and right. and I think that that is I mean it's valid everything that he's saying in that article is valid about how the, the these experiences shaped where they ended up in the game and that it's all valid and if it was one of them. I would not be as disturbed as there being as many as there are with basically one good example or two good examples of Jews in a positive light in video games across the board. So yeah. that was that. That was why that kind of struck me. So
2: I think that's well said. Thank you for sharing the, that that well, perspective yeah. with Thank us, Steve. I I yeah. One of the things I think it's it's obviously impossible for all of us to have like everyone's lived experiences. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like to, you know, be on the spectrum. I don't know what it's like to, you know, have your lived experiences being Jewish. You know, I don't know what it's like to be black in America. And I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And that's, you know, in my own creative work, that's, that's good to know that that's something you should be aware of and try to avoid. So. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm, yeah. And,
3: and it's not, you know, like I said, it wasn't the, it wasn't the the quality; it was the quantity. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, well, ha- there's there's all these people, and they're all Jewish, and they're all terrible, and it's like, well, wow, that. You know, and, and I don't. You know, I don't think that he meant it that way. I mean, you know, Lord knows Christianity got it got it just as bad in Bioshock Infinite.
0: Well, yeah, but it's a matter of scale, and like it, that is the same thing that we say about like stereotypes that are presented in other other ways. That it's just a matter of scale. Like it's it's if every single female character is this way, or every single black character is this way, then then eventually we just assume that those stereotypes are true unconsciously and. Mm-hmm that that's really dangerous and i mean we can like look at studies that say that that's the case about how we perceive stereotypes and that's why they're harmful it's hard to question that stuff if you're surrounded by it
3: yeah and and it just reinforces it. big old rob in the chat room is saying that he he can't think he doesn't think he can name five jewish characters who weren't involved in the holocaust of video games and that's even Seth roth who was like my number one best, you know, Jew that I, you know, that's the reason I love Wolfenstein. I mean, that he still got rescued from, from a concentration camp.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: you know, it's like, it would be nice to see a Jewish character. And, 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 you know, the thing of it is that I don't, I would rather they not do anything than do it this way. Because, like, I'm a straight white dude, you know, who happens to go to synagogue instead of a church, right? So, like, I can go play Mega Man and find myself represented I, I can play any game that I want to and find myself represented. I don't need representation that way. So when it is done, it it you know, if it's good, it feels really great. But when it's done badly, it hurts twice as much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, we should talk about something happier. Um <laughs> So why don't why don't we talk about the new guitar hero that they announced, uh that they announced this week? So um Activision has been teasing a new Guitar Hero for a little while, and they finally came out with this thing, and it's called Guitar Hero Live, and apparently it's going to have a completely new guitar that you're going to have to buy new, and there's going to be no, um, no compatibility with downloadable content. But the interesting thing is that it's going to be changing the perspective of the game from watching the band to looking out at the stage. And they actually – it sounds like they actually recorded full motion video of all of these venues and all of these crowds in these venues and will react to how you're playing based on – like frame to frame, it sounds like, based on how you're doing. So, I mean, we had a long conversation – I forget how many weeks ago it was, but it was before PAX when, they, when these things were being rumored and we talked about what we were looking for from a new Guitar Hero game or a new, a new Rock Band game. And I don't think any of us – imagine something like this so what were you guys what was your reaction to this when you when you saw something like this is this something that you were interested in or does this seem like a mistake
0: oh (laughs) (laughs) um i okay so i i didn't get to play the demo myself but my boss at pace garrett martin has a piece uh about how he did just get flown out to play it and i just edited it today um so he was he's in a band and i'm in a band and so both of us Uh, come at it from the perspective of performing on stage from time to time. And uh, he, he had much the same take on it that I did when we talked about it on the show a few weeks back, which was, I don't know whether this is this sort of old school rock and roll fantasy is quite the same anymore. Like that, there's still very much this uh, assumption that you want to be the lead guitarist in a band that looks like an ACDC or an Iron Maiden or like a any sort of four piece rock band or like Aerosmith, if you want to go back a little further. Um, and I, I just, I don't know that bands look that way today. So it's, I just don't know whether that fantasy still works. And and he wrote this piece where he's describing, like, looking out at the audience and um, how there are these live action faces looking back at you, which sounds kind of terrifying to me. <laughs> but um, I've done it before for real. But, like, in the context of this game, what happens is... Um, if you miss a note, the audience uh, filter changes. It sort of fades out into being uh, a different real pers- group of real people who are now angry at you. But then if you start doing really well really quickly, then it can switch back and forth in a way that's jarring. So I don't know if they're going to kind of fix that so that it's um, less jarring to watch the audience's perspective changing. I, I can imagine that would be really hard to do.
1: I think it would be hard for people that have social anxiety oh. <laughs> and they yeah. end up looking at... All these people that are actually now upset at you because you screwed up. So it's not just the fact that already making a mistake in front of an audience is going to cause you some trauma. But they actually notice it and they're like, what's up? And they're like, come on, that was bad. And you can do it again. And it's like, oh, I don't know.
3: So is it different because you're looking at them, though? Because, I mean, these games have always booed you when you've done badly in the game.
1: But they're real people and they're – they're really reacting. Like they're... <laughs> I don't know that
0: that part would actually bug me personally. I have social anxiety, and I actually find performing on a stage to be a million times easier than having a one-on-one conversation. There's with two different types person. of social anxiety.
1: Yeah, right? no, I know.
0: I don't have that one.
1: There's there's the one where well, one and there's a performance anxiety. So when you're performing, you're not really you. So you can it's it's actually easier. Plus, mm-hmm. for some people that have social anxiety. The more that you – the people – it's the small, intimate things that might be really scary. And for other people, it's more scary for strangers to be judging you. So, like, it depends on your type.
0: Well, if you're scared of strangers judging you, then you shouldn't buy this game because it's like strangers (laughs) judge you, the video game.
1: And – Right. Social anxiety, the exposure game. Are also dressed like
0: cool rock and roll teens that would still go to an arena concert, which I don't know whether that's even still something that happens in the same way. Like people go to Coachella, but like the bands that play there look very different from the classic four-piece drums, bass, singer, guitarist, you know? Like there's a lot of laptops and, um, you know, electric drum kits and and different kinds of instruments. And I, I, I just think... I I just think that like the concept of guitar hero is still very dated and like from from Garrett's piece I got the impression that this was like a last gasp attempt at recreating a very specific fantasy of playing as a lead guitarist in a very old school rock band. What do you guys think? <laughs>
2: I applaud them trying to bring innovation into this franchise, and I have to admit, like the first time I saw it, like I didn't, I hadn't read about the concept. It looked like it was like asking you to play like m- over music videos on TV. Like I couldn't make sense of any of the yeah. imagery. So I, I, I think it's interesting. It, it seems like something that is going to get very one trick pony very quickly. So I, I question the the longevity of it. I also think that they haven't really communicated their messaging well. Like it seemed like they came out and said, Oh, it's gonna be an all new guitar and then they came out today and they're like, well, it will support your older instruments. It just oh, um, did they? That's weird. Yeah, they did that today. So um I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see the music genre coming back again. I mean my um you know my column for Mac Life this this week is all about how I think the Apple Watch could have potential for rhythm based games. Um, and I do think they've, they've kind of died lately. Um, you know, so I, I'm happy to see this come back. I don't think this is like the long-term answer. I think it's more of like a, a one-time possibly successful title. So, um, Maddie, I'm, I'm completely agreeing with you. This is not a fantasy that I understand.
3: Um, and maybe it's just not for me. Uh, I don't know. Have- yeah, I mean I, I do understand that fantasy and I, I was actually – when I looked at the video, it actually looked really interesting to me aside from the fact that I really don't want to have to relearn how to play fake guitar.
1: Right, exactly.
3: But – and I don't want to have to buy another plastic thing to keep in my house. and this A this is kinda, plastic thing. Yeah, and, and this is kind of the thing that was really confusing to me and, and I don't – and I I'm not sure which way it's going to go because the reason that – we, you know I was on an episode of up up down down a few weeks ago where we talked all about this and the reason that one of the re- big reasons that the music genre died was because of all the plastic instruments that were taking up inventory in stores that they couldn't sell anymore and I'm wondering what's changed because there's still the same problem and and the the fad has been dead for you know longer that I don't know that necessarily people want to get back into it and I'm wondering why now we they think that retailers would be able to take all this inventory in and the one thing that i'm thinking about is that i end up spending an inordinate amount of time at toys r us because my children like going there for some reason Hmm. and if you go there now at least in the one near my house there are literally two full aisles of the toys to life things just just completely stocked full and and then lego dimensions is coming out this this fall and that's going to be another another set of these things that are going to be sitting on the shelf. And I'm wondering if this is actually appealing to the retailers now, because now that everything's going over to digital, you really don't have a reason to go into a store and purchase a physical video game. And I wonder that instead of being a detriment, I wonder if having these physical pieces are actually an asset from these retailers' perspective, because you can't just go and download – uh, Guitar Hero Live off the off of the PSN or, or Xbox Live. You have to go to a store and physically buy it and and bring it home with you. So I'm wondering if that's what's changed here that there's an opportunity for the retailers, but I still don't know that that's something that consumers really want to get back into.
1: I I, I think that there's I think that's a really great point. I think that it, it's it's really large though, and it takes up a lot of their real estate. So I'm not. Yeah as sure if they would be thrilled with it being as large as it could be versus, you know, just just getting one of the, um, you know, little tiny wee people, um, you know, instead just for the amount of money that they get from it in the end. Um, I just think that it's just kind of passe. I don't know. Like I was looking at the guitar itself and I'm like, ah, you know, and it it just looks so passe and yeah, you know, it's, you don't have to use your pinky anymore. Yay. But I'm like, I don't know. I don't see the appeal of that in comparison to, you know, playing a real guitar for me. I don't um,
0: know. You have to I, use your pinky on a real guitar. So, you know, get used no, 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 to it. No, no, But the thing is
1: that if I'm going <laughs> to, if I'm going to buy something, it's going to be in my house and I'm going to be playing. I would, I don't know. I
0: know. I know. I just yeah. think that
1: it's, I, it's something that had its time. But I don't know if people it's going to be something that's going to be a huge hit with people wanting to go to it because it's it's already been done.
0: It's already been done. And I don't think the next generation cares about this specific fantasy. And like personally, I can't see myself buying this at all, like at all. And I feel bad saying that so explicitly because it'll be really funny if I end up having to review this. (laughs) And then it would be even funnier if I ended up loving it and trying to convince all of you to get it. But hey, that would be a funny success story. And I will eat my hat if it happens. But for the moment, I really can't see myself getting this at all. And I, I think I might be the target market. So that always worries me when I see something and I'm like, I think I'm the target market for this and I'm not interested in it at all.
1: Are you sure? I don't know if you're the target market, Maddie, because you can actually do this in real life.
3: Yeah, I'm the mm-hmm. target market because so, I can't do this in real life.
1: Yeah. Maybe. I don't know.
3: But I, even then, it's like – I why don't Why would
1: you want a plastic guitar?
3: Yeah, I don't want to buy another plastic guitar. I don't want to spend another $100 on this to, that's, that's pretty much unproven.
0: The St- Steve, the target market is you but 10 years ago except that if you were alive
3: now – Right. Exactly. Like I, I'm not ready to get invested in that again. And it's like if I'm going to play guitar, I've put a lot of hours into learning how to play, you know, guitar hero and rock and rock band guitar. And so I don't know that I want to start over with that. Right. You know, like I don't want to learn a different way to play an instrument.
0: I don't think it's going to be that different, but I definitely get.
3: But it's still going to be different. Right. And it, but it, it's still going to be a learning curve on something that is not going to translate to an actual skill. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if this is how you feel about, like, when you have to pick up a new fighting game system or something like that. I mean, maybe it's a little bit different, but you don't have to buy a new fight stick every time you pick up a new fighting game.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it always annoys me when I have to buy a new peripheral, but then once I get it, I'm excited about it.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. That's,
0: like, a gaming problem.
1: <laughs> I thought something else when I saw it as well, and and this might just be me, but I also thought that, like... I I don't think I would want people, and this is so bad, but I don't think I would want people to see my little plastic Guitar Hero guitar.
2: Really? I'm like. Are you worried about dr- judgment?
1: No, I don't think I would. Be, and I here I am, like complete hypocrite because I got my Rob and I got my Nintendo and I got my, like, I got <laughs>
3: everything But this is where the I'm line like, is. This is where Georgia Dow's line is, is, like, is the plastic like guitar. you like joke
0: about marrying the toy robot that oh, you yeah, bought. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: I'm hugging him right now. But, like, but
0: a plastic guitar? Oh.
1: <laughs> I don't see, I don't see, um, besides teenage boys, I don't see or girls, uh, teenagers. I see, like, older people being like, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm like, uh, it's a tiny little... Okay, so guitar. if you're 19
0: years old <laughs> and you listen to Isometric and this appeals to you, please tell us, because we don't know.
1: If I'm being judgmental, tell... Teens, I just, right in! I'm oh like, <laughs> I don't know how I, uncool we are. Yeah. I mean,
2: the, yeah, the Rubik's Cube to this day has a lot of you know dedicated group of like speed keepers and there's something that's intrinsically always going to be interesting about that like it's it's a cool puzzle to solve and i i i think that i i really question if we can have two guitar music genres going at the same time i i don't think it can support that kind of titles i'm I'm happy to see a resurgence of the music genre overall because, like I said, I think like EDM is gone. Like, There's really not a game that lets you do hip-hop. You know, this guitarist hero, I think, by the way, is like the whitest, straightest, dudest kind of music that exists. <laughs> no, it and, is. It absolutely you know, is. <laughs> and it's like, let's go hit the same market over and over again. And, you know, it's like, that's fine. Um, I don't know. I, I think... I, I'm, I'm skeptical. I think it's not going to be a franchise. It's going to be an individually successful game. So you know, just let them ship it and let's see where it goes. You know,
3: if, if at least they're trying something different, you definitely have to give them credit for that. At least I,
2: I give them credit for that. I do. I I just don't see. I I I think it's. It looks like it's going to be the best version of this idea it could be. So, you know, best of luck with that. Wish any dev team luck.
3: So, oh, before we before we get into what we're playing, we have a little bit of follow-up from from last week. We had a really good conversation about arcades and we I was trying to remember if the uh, if the Dreamcast shared a board with um with some of the arcade cabinets and it does indeed there was a board called the Naomi um and dj philip tan on twitter sent us the, uh, apparently he's over at mit and they have a working one and he uh fired it up with marvel vs. capcom 2 uh running cool. off of it cool. so I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes um apparently there were like marvel versus capcom 2 and the, and the power stone games and like apparently like house of the dead and typing of the dead ran off of it uh along with some other ones so that's why you got a lot of those those arcade conversions for the dreamcast and our sister show on Relay FM Virtual uh, with Mike Hurley and Federico Vettici was talking about arcades in a completely unrelated context, and they they brought up that uh, Japan is still making you know arcade games and and really putting a lot of resources into them, and apparently, Dissidia Final Fantasy is going to be released for arcade and maybe mm-hmm. for PS4. Yep, yep. So, and also Pocket Tournament is another one too. So, um, very least- excited. Yeah, it, I haven't heard anything... That was the first time I heard about Dissidia Final Fantasy. I, I'm uh, The idea of a... What? Really? A, <laughs> I don't follow Final Fantasy like you guys do. Oh, you know that. Oh, man.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the original um, concept for the Rev60 combat engine, uh, before we brought on you know, the person that did our, our combat engine, my original design document for Rev60 combat was modifying the Dissidia uh, model because I think it's just that brilliant with this... Um, It's basically a push and pull between, like, a risk pool as you built up points, and then you can expend them all at once to, like, deal this massive damage. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful game with a really well-designed game system. Oh, cool.
3: Yeah. What what is there one like for current systems or was this uh older? yeah, you can buy it for your
2: PlayStation Vita. I still play oh, it online really? all the time. Um it's a PSP game, but um the first one is much better than the second, I would say. Um but it's it's but, yeah for you Steve like you're not Final Fantasy fans, so I don't know if you're really going to groove on it, but it's Yeah, you can pick it up in a sale though it, or something like that. It's really a it's a love letter to Final Fantasy fans. It's it's a really good game. Okay. Yeah. That was cool. Also, Cloud of Darkness is awesome. Like, I'm sorry it makes me the worst feminist on Earth because she's naked pretty much. <laughs> but she's, like, the best design. Like, Maddie, do you know Cloud of Darkness? No. I. Oh my should God. I be okay. Google imaging okay. her? Yeah, Google image her right now. Because okay. like, is this going to get me
3: divorced if I go yes, search this? Yes, it will. Um,
2: <laughs> no, I mean, she's, like, she has this gorgeous white... Hair and looks like this villainous and like has snakes shooting out from her body and she's she's wow. essentially naked but she <laughs> yeah. looks so she looks gorgeous sick, she looks yeah doesn't she look awesome she's beautiful See? yeah you can play as her in Deceptia so she's one of my favorite characters in all of video game uh, history
1: okay. <laughs> she's got a little Sorry. bit of a Janet Jackson uh, chest thing yeah she yeah 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 but her hair she, her face is I love that come on, if you've got snakes
2: covering up, I mean, the snakes will take care of it, Georgia. Like, just just let the snakes do what
1: they do. <laughs> that is such a line.
3: That is such a line. <laughs> Alright, Maddie, what do you play this week?
1: Um,
0: okay. Well, I already talked about Mortal Kombat. Uh, I, I played a couple oh. other things. Um, oh. I Here's something that isn't quite a video game, but I could mention it anyway, which is that I'm teaching myself how to make chiptunes on my Game Boy, because Ooh. I thought that would be a good use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there's a cartridge that you can buy uh, with a program called LSDJ on it. That It's like a game cartridge that you put into your Game Boy, and then you can write music on it. And it's really inaccessible and hard to use, and it's like impossible to learn how to do anything, and it takes forever to write a song, and it's so satisfying when you actually do it. And I... Did not necessarily complete writing a song, but I wrote like, I don't know, 16 measures of a song that loops and sounds kind of like it could be any Game Boy game. And I played it for Zach and he liked it better than pretty much any song I've ever written before. And I was a little insulted by that because it's not that good. So (laughs) yeah, he was like obsessed with this chiptune song that I wrote. So um, yeah, uh, the only problem is that my Game Boy is so old that the buttons don't really work that well anymore. And like a lot of chiptune composition, you have to do it on the original systems and you can emulate it on a computer, but that kind of takes some of the fun out of it, I think. And so I've been kind of sad that my Game Boy might not survive my music making and I might have to like buy a new Game Boy. But then like a new Game Boy is still going to technically be an old Game Boy. So mostly this is just going to end with me being sad about the passage of time. I've actually got a
3: lightly used Game Boy Pocket I could probably lend you if you want.
0: Ooh, okay. I have to find
3: it, but I may have one that I could that I'm not using that I could let you use.
0: I have a Game Boy Pocket. In a Game Boy. Um, But the Pocket, I apparently left the batteries in it for like many years and they exploded. And so the Game Boy Pocket is completely dead and I can't bring myself to get rid of it because I have some
3: issues (laughs) yeah we've got we've got a, a game boy brick in the basement that was maureen's that had the same thing and i can't get rid of it either
0: yeah i don't blame you um so but i i have been using my other game boy but i you know they're old they don't last forever the parts don't last forever but i'm still writing music on it and it's kind of like a video game so if you're listening and that's something that you've always wanted to do it's um the program's lsdj and it. Honestly, I, I'm not going to recommend it as easy at all. It's not. <laughs> but if you like fighting games and you prefer inaccessible crap, then I guess you can buy it. I don't know. I Can, can you, I, you pay $5 dollars
3: to have it like make five chiptunes for you?
0: Uh, no, you can't. <laughs> there are kits in there that you can use if, if you want to like use some sound packs that somebody else has already made. Um, you can do that. But you still have to write the music yourself. That part won't go away (laughs) you still have to come up with the actual notes (laughs) anyway video games
3: so brie what are you playing this week
0: yes
2: when you when you you reviewed final fantasy type zero did you get the code for the ff15 demo i
0: did yes it's so good i talked about it on this show brie were you asleep (laughs) while i talked about
2: it (laughs) i don't you were here
0: oh my god it's so good I'm glad you like it. It seems like you like it better than I did. So, the combat
2: so is good. Bring it's me over so to your good. side. Oh, oh. I, I do have to say, my worry with it is it seems really, really combat heavy, like mm-hmm. the part I played. Yeah. And right now, I it's agree. just like four dudes, and I don't know what their character is or their motivation is. Like, Nox seems kind of emo, but.
0: Um... Yeah, they're all emo. All four of them are emo. One of them is Wolverine. I Dude's don't know. camping.
2: Um, whether the entire game is going to have a story with characters I care about is really not to be determined yet. And, you <laughs> know, like Sid is, oh my God, like that is, that's not very good. Uh, but I, I played that and I loved it. I have a warning for people out there. I have a really big warning. I've talked up the new 3DS, I've talked up the system. Um, One of the things that they told you to go buy the system for was uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles because it only runs on the new 3DS and the reviews have raved about this game. I'm telling you as someone that deeply loves RPGs. I don't know what the frack those reviewers are talking about because this is the most generic, boring, terrible RPG I've played in a long time. I am only three hours into it, so I'm going to give it some more time, but it is, it is there are no women in the world, like, they're just they're barely there. And it's just, like, a bunch of dudes having an adventure, and it's so, like, generic. The fighting system is bad. Like, you just wander up to someone. It's like, you know, like, hacking someone with a sword. Like, you don't even push the button it auto-attacks. You're just, like, walking up to enemies and waiting for them to die. And it is, like, the texture work isn't very good, and I truly don't understand why... Everyone loves this game. So I'm going to give it a little more time, and we'll see. But I'm very skeptical so far. So don't buy that game yet. Like, wait for me <laughs> to report back on it. Also, I'm playing a ton of Final Fantasy Type-0, and that game is really good. So, Yay! <laughs> what?
3: what, what? I, I'm just I'm just waiting for two weeks from now when you come back after you're playing like five more five more hours of Xenoblade Chronicles and you come back raving about it.
0: That, that is a classic <laughs> Brianna Wu move to be like, this game sucks. <laughs> don't play it. And then a week later, you're like it's pretty good
2: uh, <laughs> i played more of it and it turns out it was good <laughs> i have never done that once <laughs> show. you can't you can't prove that
0: okay that's true there's absolutely no record there's, there's no, no record.
2: record of that happening there's okay. no one out uh, there
3: <laughs> that it's good that that. it's good that you can be flexible with your opinions Brooke. right <laughs> so georgia what are you playing this week
1: So, um, I played two games, uh, just recently. One is a, they're both iOS games. One was called last voyage and it was a really cool puzzle game. And, uh, I, what I liked about it is that it was intuitive and you had to kind of figure out what was happening and and you didn't know how to pass the levels or what was really occurring in the game, but it wasn't overly stressful. But then I went to the next chapter of my voyage and the game totally changed Now it's a a game where you're moving and then you have to swipe up and down in order to go to the right path. And I liked, I really liked the first chapter and then I hated the second chapter. Mm. One is you were moving the opposite of as what would be intuitive on an iPhone, which angered me. And two, it wasn't the game that I'd signed on for at the beginning. So I dropped the game and I don't know. I don't understand why people would create a game and then have the next part of the game be a completely different type of game and so that was it I stopped playing it immediately (laughs) at that level um probably some other people might love the game but I was like I don't get it um why do that don't do that in your games like people get used to a game they're playing it for a reason and then don't switch to another game because I like puzzle games I don't want to play a game where I'm flying through space and then I have to make quick movements to go into the right door ah not my thing the next game that I played was called Dark Echo, and this game is pretty neat. It is a world where you are playing um, like you are in the dark or perhaps blind, whatever it might be, and you're traveling through sound waves. And as your feet hit the floor, you are you have an ability to see the sound waves that um, imbue from that to be able to figure out where you should go. And Each level, it changes to being, like, danger or, you know, peace or a stranger. And you, like, it gets more and more frightening as the game goes on because you don't know where you have to go because it's all in the dark. And you just see these lines coming out from where you make footsteps. And depending on the color of the lines, it's if it's danger, if it's safe. And you have to try to get to the doors to get out. Now, I liked this game, but I didn't love it. Like it was was interesting for a period of time, but I can't say that it was compelling for me to want to play it. Probably through to the end, so I'll probably play it for a little bit longer and then see if it becomes more compelling afterwards. But oh, Georgia!
2: It sounds like you didn't really have a good time this week playing games. It was
1: not a good game week for me. (laughs) I'm
2: sorry. Uh, I I do have something good for you right now.
1: Tell me. Tell me. Let Mortal Kombat begin.
3: And everything is magically better. <laughs> That's just going to be the rest of the show.
2: <laughs> Georgie, we should just, like, anytime we're not having fun, we should hang out and just play this song on our iPhones I love for it. each other. That would be, I love it. That would be amazing.
1: That would be perfect. Plus, I was dancing around. Right, right. We should be on video because I was dancing around. and Yeah, no I was dancing my...
0: and nobody can see my cool dance. It wasn't cool. Nobody can see my uncool dance. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Though we've done the Fanda dance.
3: We have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. There we go. There's video evidence of that.
2: I was spinning <laughs> on the floor as, as I was playing that song. You couldn't see me. It was oh, really yeah. Cool. You were
0: doing some sick <laughs> break I love dance. that. And some That's break right.
3: dancing. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The
0: worm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, God. You Steve, what I, are you playing? Uh, so I'm still playing Axiom Verge. I'm almost done with it, I think. I I looked at my playtime, and it says 25 hours, which I Whoa. don't think is accurate because I know that replay, remote play has died on me at least once or twice. Weird. But I, I'm pretty sure, and, I, and I've kind of like, and the PlayStation just stayed on. But, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's somewhere between 15 and 20 hours that I put into it at this point, and... I finally had to look at the walkthrough for the first time um, at the next to last boss because I just couldn't – there was – I'd mostly figured out what I needed to do but there was one piece that I was missing and now I'm kind of just wandering around and looking through hidey holes and stuff like that. So I finally broke down and and got an idea where I need to go but I I have like 75% of the map on my own which I'm – Really proud of myself for so. Yay. Um, so I'm really looking forward to finishing this. I'm. It's kind of like a big accomplishment for me if I can do it. So I'm really. I'm really happy with it. I, I think it's a great game. Did you
0: end up liking the story more after you played more? Because last week you were kind of hesitant about it.
3: Yeah, it's still a little bit weird, but I. Th- I like where it's going. I guess I'll see where it ends up. But okay. I, I, it got a little bit better once they reveal more of it. But cool. Um. So I've been playing that, and then I. Uh. They came out with Hearthstone for the iPhone this week, so I've been playing. I've been picking that back up. Um, I know that's got its problems, the booby mage and everything else, but um, that's that's Anna, that's Anna Tarkov's line, not mine. I didn't make that up myself, but um, because I, I she started playing it and and called it called her that, but
2: I loved what um what Brenda Romero said about that this week, where she's like, "Yeah, everybody, just goodbye to my my professional and personal life. Hearthstone is yeah. out on iPhone."
3: Yeah. <laughs> It's – so I've been playing it. It's it's kind of weird because it's hard for – it's still hard for me to do multiplayer, you know, reliably. But I've been playing kind of single-player, and it's been good for grinding out, like, the basic – I still haven't gotten, like, all the basic decks, so I've been able to do that just kind of, like, here and there. And I have played a few matches. I may end up breaking down and buying some of the single-player content and, and try some of that out. I've – I'm my problem with this game is that I'm really reluctant to spend money on it, not because I don't want to support the developer – But because I keep thinking back to when I was in high school and got hardcore addicted to Magic the Gathering Mm, and spent all of my high school income, high school supermarket (laughs) cashier income on Magic cards. So I know that I'm really susceptible to that and I don't want to go down that route again. But I may just buy some of the single player content because that's kind of that's kind of boxed, Right. So I might I might try that. And, and, you know, I I do enjoy the game, but it's it's hard when you you know, it's really grindy if you don't spend any money. So I've been kind of struggling with that, but it's. I, i'm enjoying it more on my phone because i can just play it more because it's hard for me to, i the ipads don't belong to me anymore the, the kids have basically taken those over and i i just it's the kind of game where i don't want to like launch the client on my mac to play it so having it on my phone has kind of reinvigorated it and there's some new stuff like there's a there's a deck builder deck helper utility that will kind of suggest how to get started with a deck because it's not straightforward of how to build a decent deck So it's not going to build you anything that's like, you know, win win you tournaments, but at least it gives you like what kind of cards you should have and what assortment of cards you should have and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been having fun with it, but it's got its problems, but I'm, you know, it's, it's fun to play it at least for a little while until I get bored of it again. So just one thing of housekeeping, Georgia was, was on the FitCast this week talking to our friend Kevin Larrabee and apparently getting him to revive his video game podcast. I I heard so
1: that we did that and we talked about the psychology of fitness
3: Oh, really? It sounds exciting. That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that. priest <laughs> shocked. <laughs> like, really? You talked about that, Georgia? Whoa! Really? It wasn't yeah, just it Mario Sounds coins. like
2: a cool. It sounds like a cool topic. Like, yeah, yeah it's a fun topic. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on. I have housekeeping too. Um. So what I'm uh. So this isn't gonna be awkward at all. Um. I'm guest of, <laughs> a guest of honor at a um science fiction convention uh, cool. next week where oh, awesome. um a whole bunch of the. <laughs> the people behind Sad Puppies are also going to be oh fun. with, with oh, panels hello. about them hijacking the Hugo Awards, uh, wow. and panels on GamerGate. So great, sounds very stress free <laughs> and <laughs> non-confrontational, which is my specialty.
1: That's that's. I'm so, happy that you're sticking to that brief. Um, yeah. Can you bring
3: Mortal Kombat down with you to just kind of take the <laughs> right? You know, yeah, to, you to go, panels. go yeah.
0: in character as I, Melina.
1: I got look look.
2: look. Let's just go settle this like adults. (laughs) I call Melina. Like, and then we'll just, we'll just go play Mortal Kombat, and it'll all be better. So, yeah, uh, I'm doing that. Um, I'm speaking at two colleges tomorrow, so if you're listening to the live stream, um, you can do that. Two colleges? Uh, yeah, uh, live stream. Yeah. Uh, the New England Institute of Art tomorrow and Tufts College here in Boston.
3: Um, oh, well, look, and, those are local, at least. That's good.
2: Yeah, that's local. And uh, I'm also speaking at Amherst next week, so okay. looking forward to awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. we.
3: So um, as always, if, uh, if you happen to be listening to us on the webpage, um, if you want to make sure not to miss an episode, you should really make sure to subscribe. You can go to iTunes and or any podcast client and search for Isometric, and that will get you the show delivered right to your iPhone or your computer or whatever every Monday morning. So uh, that's something that you should, you should definitely do. Um, if you want to find the show notes – uh, for this show and every show, you can go to either isometricshow.com or relay.fm slash isometric. Uh, we are, uh, again, part of now part of the fantastic relay.fm network, and you should go check out the other shows on the network. Like, uh, Bree also hosts a show on Relay FM called Rocket that you should be listening to. It's so good. I love that show. <laughs> and you're completely, completely unbiased, a completely unbiased opinion. No, no,
2: no. <laughs> I, I really mean this. Like, it took us, um, you know, I, I feel it's interesting to me because when I did Rocket, I pretty much took the the isometric formula like hey I'm a genius. I just took like <laughs> programming genius. I'll just get women talking about tech stuff and Steve. So you know, like <laughs> like I, I did it Steve. took us it took us a little bit longer to find our groove, but we have so much fun on that show. Like Christina is like a super human computer of knowledge and Simone is just awesome. So it's it's a fantastic show.
3: Yeah, so you should go listen to that, or you yeah. know, you can go listen to Virtual or uh, Inquisitive if you're interested in app development. Mike's doing some fantastic work there, and all the all the shows on Relay are awesome, which is why we're really excited to be part of the network. So go check out everything that the network has to offer. Um, also, if you can go and rate and review us on iTunes, that helps us out a ton. We really appreciate when people leave us good reviews on iTunes, and we love reading them. Um, you can send your feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com, and you can follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, the show's account is at isometricshow. I am at wickedgood. And, Bree, where can people find you?
2: Uh, <laughs> you can find tweets composed by me on Twitter. So
3: go there. <laughs> oh, just, just go to Twitter <laughs> randomly to Twitter. Twitter.
1: <laughs> Twitter.com. You don't need to go log on to anything You'll find Bree She's everywhere
3: It's probably true actually <laughs> Or or you could go look for you at Space Cat Gal. That's true Space That's Cat the
2: Actually, tweets. wait, wait. I'll say this. I'll say this. I am going to be using an account a lot more. It's my private account, and I'm going to be using Space Cat Gala a lot less. So, um, if we're good friends, like if you followed the show for a long time, Feminist X is my private Twitter account. So you can send me a follow. Are you gonna Are you gonna there. actually
1: follow me? Or are you gonna like block me again?
2: <laughs> I never blocked you, Georgia. <laughs> I don't block people. I have a team that does that. So it was free. Bree has team. people right. now. I have people Oh, yeah.
3: Her block people you. blocked right. me. I yeah. understand. They did. I, did hear, it. Really I block hear it. Have your I people understand. talk to Bree's people. Did we block you? Yeah. <laughs> did we block you? <laughs> I love that she thinks that you blocked her. <laughs> no, there's
2: like I have I have people professionally that accidentally got blocked because we block so many people that sometimes. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. I hear it now. Don't try to backtrack. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry.
3: One I too many panda tweets and that's what happens. I know. Right,
2: right, right.
3: And Maddie, where can people find you?
0: Um, I I have a robot facsimile of me that tweets at Samus clone. <laughs> and she does a great job.
3: Wow. In Georgia? Uh you can
1: find me um on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow.
3: So uh thank you as always for listening and we will catch you next week. Have a good one.
0: Did you know they wrote that song for the movie and then the Mortal Kombat part wasn't even in the original song? Like the band just wrote that song and then they added that part in after. That's so weird to me because it's so iconic now, but like... It wasn't even associated with Mortal Kombat.
2: Just say it. It's so good. I have even more to say. So, like, that song is made by Praga Khan, who is the lead guy of Lords of Acid, which is a seed a group of techno EDM makers. I had to go to the mall and hide those CDs from my parents because they thought mm. they were of the <laughs> devil. Like like <laughs> a, a teenage boy hides, like, <laughs> mugs under, under his, ma- his Dude, mattress. I hear you. Oh I was going
0: to Hot Topic secretly like i hear you
2: <laughs> right so then like i actually met him like years later in that song and then like that was so cool and then i like went to follow him on twitter late, later and i found out i had like a lot more followers than him which is like the world's most weird thing And then it's like Nikki and all the people in florence of acid like it's so uh i just I love that group. That's so, so cool. <laughs> you
0: should tweet at him and be like, hey, hey what's, what's up? <laughs> up? Just say, hey, what's up? Just don't say anything Maybe else. I can sing on our show. Yeah, see if we can get them to perform live the next time we do a panel.
2: Well, he's kind of he's he's European, so he's like what's weird is his music hasn't evolved that much since that era. How so much does it need to evolve? It
0: was already perfect. I work out to that song. I go no. I go running no. to that song. No.
2: No. Oh. oh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What about Gravity Kills? I do
0: remember Gravity Kills. I listened to Gravity Kills. I listened to, oh, my gosh. Well, I listened to a ton of Nine Inch Nails because I was really into industrial, obviously. Here we
1: go. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Yes. I love this song. It's
0: so cool. You got to go running to this. It's got, like, this slow build. We have to
1: get them on.
2: I love
0: this. I'm,
1: sorry, I'm gonna stop. Do you love that Athena corny
0: Fire. like pew 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 pew? Like
3: that is like the most. Can you sing that all the time, to- the whole time, while while Maddie and Bria talking about Mortal Kombat? Just sing that in the background. Uh,
1: Mortal Kombat. So <laughs> I'll just We're scream that every in few in ah, so
3: All right, are we ready?
0: Okay. Are we actually uh, live? Can uh, the We chat are live. Us? Okay. We are okay, live. Great, they can hear great, us. Great, I great. forgot
3: to start the streaming because I'm an idiot. So
0: it's okay. Oh. we were recording all of that. So if you want to take any of those jokes and put them at the beginning of the show, you still can. I, we, yeah, yeah, I, can.
3: I I was recording. Yeah. Awesome. No, no I'm re- I think we're all recording. It just wasn't the Skype. <laughs> <so> that's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> this is, is the show. We're just gonna play Mortal Kombat music for an hour and forty-five minutes.
2: This is good, though. It is
0: that good. I should probably tweet the link out.
3: Yeah, you should do that, and we should get we should get going because my computer's already on sixty-three percent battery. So guys. I'm off and
1: dance. Someone land. wants me to to yell out Mortal Kombat right before I launch myself at you next live show, Brie.
3: <laughs> okay. oh. did your did your elbow heal by the way it, it's still it's still a little wrong <laughs> oh my god
1: I actually like leaned on it today and I went ow oh, there's still it's like those stuffies fight back holy <sighs> lord
2: you, you sacrificed your body for the hey,
1: for the show. Nothing gets left on the mat, Bree. Nothing wow. gets left on That's
3: the mat. Right. Yeah. Wow. You sacrificed right. your That's right. body. I sacrificed my dignity. Everybody's everybody's happy.
1: <laughs> I sacrificed oh, nothing because
0: I, I won.
3: I got to tell you. So I'm I'm doing this this project at work, and like one of the the networking guys is like, "Yeah, I found out about your podcast, and I saw the video." No, no! and I'm like, "You mean the one we were wearing the panda hat?" He's like, "Yep." Okay.
0: I like how you thought there was a chance he'd seen another video. <laughs> like you were like, uh, uh, maybe uh, a different video where I'm not wearing a big head. He was like, well, first of all, you just mentioned it, Steve. So now I know there is a video where you're wearing a Yeah, beta right, head. right. And second right. of all, yes, that's the video I saw. Yeah. That is the video. So, So that right.
3: happened. Yeah. All right, we ready? Every
0: job I ever have, there's always a moment where they Google me and then they're like, oh, you're really weird. (laughs) That's why I can't work in offices anymore. Anyway. It has begun. This so good. I
1: just want to punch someone when I hear this song.
3: I'm trying I to, but she's she like, yeah. music.
1: <laughs> "Wow, why won't Steve start the show?" Uh, like,
3: what? what? I can't. Yeah, it's a, it's a mystery. It's it's do you unknowable. think he's
0: just lazy? Like that's really what it is? <laughs>
1: yeah. What's happening? Worst <laughs> <with> worst <laughs> host this ever. Show that we're supposed to be doing. All Wait,
3: right. you're such on, you're such Steve. a bad influence. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. Dun,
2: dun, dun. No, no, no. That oh. was the good mix. Go back to it. That was the really good version <laughs> of that song. Are we really going back to it? I need it? that song. Yeah. Okay.
0: You know, I don't know if it qualifies as the "quote unquote" good mix if it's still playing off a phone into a microphone. Like, I'm I pretty sure. I'm pretty sure song. we've also still exceeded
3: still... fair use by now. So,
0: oh well. <laughs> this is live, and we're going to cut all this out. You know what, Progrecon? I will see you in court. This is Bring free it. promotion. I've got okay? a Yeah,
1: yeah. All right.
3: right, you guys ready?
1: Yes. <laughs> Never. Yeah.